Welcome to another episode of The Cell Phone Junkie. My name is Mickey Papillon, and this is show number 20. Unfortunately, both Matt and Jerry were unavailable to record the show this evening, so I'm just going to be flying solo here. Uh, it is show number 20, so the majority of this show is going to be the questions and comments and ideas of you, all the listeners out there. And I've got some great ones that came in over the last uh, few weeks since we did the last questions and comments show. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to be able to go through each of these and have everyone here listening uh, be able to uh, gain the knowledge of the questions that were asked by all these folks that sent in the questions. Uh, just a, a quick housekeeping thing. Uh, moving forward, I, what I'm, I'm going to be trying something a little bit different here as is with podcasts. And the great thing about them is you can always kind of switch them up and change how you're doing things. I'm going to be going to a, a once a week format and would like to hear from you if you have any questions either way on that. I uh, would like to hear those. Uh, my my reasoning or rationale for doing this is I've got uh, a life uh, you know, outside of, of the things that I do uh, for the show and the, the problem that I'm kind of running into is just a lot of uh, a lot of conflicts with timing and whatnot, and uh, so if, I think if we move it down to just once a week, it'll go a lot, lot better. Um, a quick piece of news here that I thought was pretty interesting, uh, pretty cute actually, that I thought you may uh, be interested in reading about here, is a an English Springer Spaniel named Murphy is uh, 15 months old, and he is trained to hunt down illegal cell phones that have been uh, smuggled into uh, prisons over in the UK. And what's interesting about Murphy is he's got the uncanny ability to detect the scents that are unique to mobile phones. So it, it's one of those things you, you take Murphy around the cells and he's been able to uh, find approximately 60 phones so far. Uh, and uh, so it's been pretty pretty neat story, pretty cute. Uh, so I'll put the link in the show notes so you can read that. Like I mentioned here, we have uh, lots of questions and comments here, so I wanted to, to jump right into those. Uh, the first comment that I have comes from Kevin, and uh, Kevin is going back to the conversations I think it was Matt and I had uh, a few weeks back where we were talking about the SMS usage. And he says, in my humble opinion, I believe the lack of SMS usage in the U.S. is because of the tremendous use of IM in the U.S. Many people use IM on their phones instead of SMS. I do. It is much easier to get responses back and see presence info with IM. Personally, I think it works better. I use SMS only for sending messages that I would normally uh, have been sent to a pager when I had one. Kevin in Colorado. And uh, I think that's a, a pretty good comment uh, from Kevin. I think that in some cases is true uh, where people will spend more time instant messaging on their phones. You've got some, some great software that's out there that you can download, and especially on the, sm the smartphones. Actually, some of the phones come bundled with the Yahoo and uh, AOL Instant Messenger with them. But uh, just being able to do that uh, is... Uh, I think can be a little bit more convenient for people. They can use it not only when they are uh, on their phone, but it's kind of an extension of their computer. So it goes uh, the transition from one to the other is is pretty easy. So that's a good uh, comment from Kevin that the lack of SMS usage could be from instant messaging. So uh, the next one is a question from Matthew, and Matthew says, "I've got a quick question. Is there any good? Excuse me. Are there any good providers for the 800 CDMA slash amps?" for the GSP-1600. I've got a satellite plan that works through Global Star already. Thanks, Matthew. And the interesting thing about this comment uh, and this question is that I actually own 
or excuse me, have a GSP 1600 device uh, for my work. Each of our locations, uh, our different offices, has a satellite phone in case we were to have another uh, issue where the traditional cellular networks are not available and we need to have some sort of wireless communications. So I actually have that particular device and I about every three months I do a test call on it. So I'm very familiar with it and uh, the way that it works. So the phone itself, you can actually go into it and uh, when it's prompted by going into menu, I think it's eight and then number seven, you can switch between the different bands that you want to use. So you can go into the satellite or a digital or analog system. Uh, however, basically, you, you can only use that for two things. You can only switch over and make your, uh, make your calls on digital or analog for the emergency calls or uh, credit card paid calls. And uh, some of the issues that you're going to have trying to activate that with one of the providers um, are these. And <clears throat> number one, it's, it's really hard to get just any a random CDMA phone onto a plan like um, you know Verizon or Altel or Sprint uh, because it's just because you could get it unlocked. Um, and the ESN number, that is built into that particular phone must be in the provider's database. So Verizon, in, uh, in, a, in an example, would have to have that phone in their database. And unfortunately, the only, one, the only phones that are in their current database uh, going forward are E911 and GPS Verizon approved models. Uh, the FCC regulations that went into effect about a year ago really make it hard or almost impossible to get a non-E911 phone uh, onto a major carrier's network. So I'm kind of doubting that Altel and US Cellular would activate it either. And uh, the other point on that is there's really no single band phones left in the Verizon lineup. Most of the carriers um, in their fine print will require that a, a, a dual band digital phone be on the plan in order to qualify to actually you know, even use that phone on that plan. So this ensures that the phone will be able to access all the, the native systems, preferred roaming partners, uh, things like that before it would switch over to an area that would be a, a non-preferred system. So I'm not really sure if that's the answer that you're looking for. Probably not because your question is, is how do you get it onto a, you know, any of the providers uh, versus the satellite uh, actual operator themselves. But GlobalStar um, will, if you sign up for a plan, I believe the way that it works is uh, we, I have a, a per minute only plan so I can use it with digital, analog, satellite, uh, whichever, and through by doing that, I'm able to make calls. But when you get the plans, I think it just if the phone works, it works. But you can't take it and bring it on to another another network, other you know, f to use it for a CDMA. So, uh, a question here from Dave. He says, "Hello, I really like my new HP iPack, and I just loaded Microsoft Voice to it. When I first loaded the software, it seemed to work pretty well, and it always speak to me through the speakerphone." Now it only comes out through the earpiece, so when I make a request, I have to hold it to my ear to hear its response. This makes it very difficult, being it quite often needs confirmation from me to initiate the, the command. I don't know if I have one of my settings wrong or what. I think it's a great program and I'd love to get it set up properly. Any ideas? And uh, quite honestly, uh, to me this sounds uh, like a pretty simple one. Sounds like one of the settings for the speaker. Um, or the sounds notifications, something like that on the device has been changed somewhere. So what I would do is I would check the troubleshooting guide for the voice command, and I actually have a link here that I'll put in the show notes on the Microsoft.com um, website, the Windows Mobile section of that. 
Uh, if that doesn't resolve the issue, uh, I would recommend just uninstalling and reinstalling the voice command software. And if, if that's not it, then I'm guessing you've got a hardware issue. Uh, you probably have uh, something wrong with the speaker itself, but I'm guessing if you're able to uh, use the speakerphone for voice calls or to hear other sounds coming out of it, that's probably not the case. But um, And actually, I, uh, I when I sent this response to Dave, um, I got or sent this to him, I got a response back from him that says, thanks for take, taking the time to respond to my question. Uh, the phone and voice command work very well now. I appreciate the help. So apparently uh, there was some something in that troubleshooting guide that I sent him that uh, took care of the issue. So good news on that front. Next question is from Paula. And Paula says, I have a Nextel i930 smartphone and I want to install GPS software with turn-by-turn looks like navigation. Uh, I don't want to subscribe to Telenav. I've tried Copilot Live, but it doesn't see the GPS on the phone. It keeps wanting to turn Bluetooth on, which the phone doesn't have. Is there another GPS software out there for smartphones that is compatible with the i930? Thanks. Love the show. Paula in Oakland. You know, Paula, you know, thanks for listening. Thanks for your comments. I appreciate the question. Uh, I've got uh, I've got three uh, different programs. You know, I, I love the i930 smartphone. The, that integrated GPS is very nice for it, for Nextel uh, and the smartphone stuff. That really nothing beats it. You know, we just have to figure out a way, you know, for you to use that now. So I, I've never actually installed any of these programs, so I don't have any firsthand experience. Uh, but searching through some of the sites, these are some of the ones that were recommended. Uh, the first one is GPS Pilot, uh, and then there is uh, Fila Mobile and uh, Vito Technology uh, that does the Smart Map software. So I've got three links here that I'll be sure to also include in the show notes here so you've got um, you've got can do some searching for them and you know I know the i930 has a few applications that come with it uh, including the telenav but you do have to buy them and so let's hope one of these will get you at least in the right direction for something that will work out better for you Uh, a discussion topic here from Terry Terry says hey Mickey how about doing a short segment on push email services? We all know BlackBerry is the best at it, uh, but with all the other carriers out there bringing smart plus pocket PC phones to the forefront, push email has got to be an exciting service. Uh, just I've heard of many of the different products, such as for smartphone. I'm thinking there must be others out there. And Terry, I'll kind of go through real quick for you here some of the different options that you have when you're talking about push email. Obviously, a lot of people know the BlackBerry service, and the the BlackBerry Enter- Enterprise server or the Bez is one of the most well known for it. In that you have a server that runs uh, with your Exchange server, and that allows you to basically take your uh, your existing email and push it through. Uh, from your network through a cellular network out to your device. But you do have a standalone server there uh, <clears throat> that also will take take up you know bandwidth and usage and stuff like that as well as resources to run that specific server. But it works very well. It's very quick and obviously you know 10 million or so BlackBerry subscribers can't be wrong, right? It seems to work pretty well for them. The next thing that that you'll want to look at is the the old Windows Mobile 2003 pocket PC devices. I'm talking pre-Windows Mobile 5 had the ability to with a a pull-based email where you have the email client on the pocket PC reach out to, through the through a uh, your cellular network and basically pull down email in a, kind of like a pop or an IMAP basis. 
and this works well but you you can only do it on scheduled intervals so like every 15 or 30 minutes and it's not a true push email service a little bit closer to that is you have the ability to set up for your server to send a text message or an SMS message to your phone which schedules a, uh, a full synchronization this is all done through ActiveSync and ActiveSync will then go will connect through your server if it's allowed and basically synchronize uh, the entire everything so your calendar your contacts your mail all that fun stuff so it uh, it, it works it's not a true push email it's a it's a, a triggered pull if you will the SMS message triggers the pull um, so you've got you've got that moving on to the Windows Mobile 5 arena you have the the new uh, features that are built into the the uh, um, excuse me AKU2 updates which we talked about AKU3 on the last podcast so what the AKU2 does is it it enables some some features in Windows Exchange uh, 2003 uh, second edition that allows for a an HTTP uh, tunnel basically that goes from your phone back to your server and what that will do is that will allow the phone to have a constant connection that is polling all the time and is a is a true push email service and the nice thing about that is that you don't have to have a separate box you don't have to have uh, anything besides your existing exchange server running and a lot of people like that and it just it's a, the synchronization and integration that Microsoft does with those that really makes it nice so uh, those are those are the three main ones when you mentioned the uh, the four smartphone you're looking at a, a service that provides an email account an exchange server for you and that particular account is really no different than one you would have with your business or like a gmail it, it just it innate it's on an exchange server and it enables you to to use them so i'm not sure exactly if that if that answers your question but uh you know it's kind of getting t- in the in the right direction there one quick point that I wanted to just make about this this comment that I thought was pretty funny, uh, Terry, is the fact that you actually sent this uh, this topic to me uh, via your BlackBerry. So it just kind of made me laugh uh, to see that you're obviously a, a BlackBerry user, and obviously it's working for you. But you're um, but you're thinking, and that's really neat that uh, you sent me that. Also, I'll include a link here in the show notes too, uh, over at the Mobility Today site. I was able to. Uh, it's it just kind of ironic that this just came up, but uh, someone had had a very uh, very close thread that they had started that they were talking about. So over uh, over there talking about the different push email services. So I'll, I'll make sure I pop that over there too, so you've got that information available to read. Uh, next question is from Alan, and Alan says, "My daughter recently signed up for T-Mobile service and received a Nokia phone." I don't know the model uh, that she's uh, that she was not using. Uh, she bought an unlocked smartphone to use. Can I use a prepaid SIM ser- prepaid service SIM card on the phone, or do I need a special phone capable with the specific service? My interest is not for in the U.S., but when traveling overseas. Uh, it's a really great question. The short answer is yes, that you can use a a prepaid SIM card in a Nokia phone, but it's going to take a little bit of work. Uh, the Nokia, the, the phone that your daughter got from T-Mobile when she signed up, will accept any SIM card, um, but only after the phone has been unlocked. When a, fold is, when a phone is sold, 
by provider here in the U.S., uh, you know, Singular T-Mobile, the phone will be locked to the, the specific network of the provider that it's sold on. So if you were to put a SIM card from another provider in it right now, it will tell you on the screen that the phone is locked and then you must enter the subsidy unlock code. Uh, fortunately, there are a few options on how you can make this happen. Uh, the first is if your daughter has had her account for longer than 90 days and it is in good standing, she can contact T-Mobile and tell them she would like to have the unlock code for it for the specific phone so that she can use it overseas. And what they're going to ask her for is what's called the IMEI number. And that can be located on the back of the phone underneath the battery. It's a 15-digit number. And from that number, they will generate a code that they will then send to her uh, from there. And you type in that code uh, when you put in another SIM card. And um, you, it then unlocks the phone and allows that SIM card to function in that phone. Uh, another real quick caveat to this is just to know that if you're going to be using this phone overseas, you have to know that whatever country you're in, that phone has that specific band. So, for example, uh, if you have a no, uh, one, some of the lower end Nokia phones are uh, solely nine, excuse me, 1900 and 800 megahertz, which are the two bands here in the U.S. The two that are used overseas, overseas are 1800 and 900. 900 was the original uh, GSM band that was used in much of Europe and whatnot, and <clears throat> they've had some capacity issues, and so they've added the 1800 band on top of that to help you know with capacity and new users and uh, things like that so uh, but depending on what country you're going to be going to depends on what band you have on the phone uh, if you have one that has 900 in it you're going to be better off than one that has 1800 but that's not a hard and fast rule most of western europe has both uh, networks in place and so you should be just fine but just just keep that in mind uh, besides going through T-Mobile to get the phone unlocked, you can also go, there are many services online that you can pay that, would unlock, that will unlock the phone for you. And typically these services charge somewhere between $20 and $30 to unlock the phone. And if you decide to go this route, just make sure you do some checking around uh, before choosing someone to send the money to. There are probably people out there that would be, you know, just just as soon, you know, go ahead and, and take your money and uh, not do anything for you. But there are a few services out there uh, that I know, you know, people have used in the past and, and you <clears throat> have no problem going with. Uh, the third and a little bit more uh, work intensive process includes uh, downloading a program. And with the Nokia phones, you can, you can download programs called uh, DCT3 or DCT4 generators. And what these, what these programs do, and they're, they're small little, uh, you know, tiny applications, and it's nothing more than, a, you know, a little screen. You type in the IMEI number of the device that you have, and it gives you a list of, like, eight or nine different codes that you can try to unlock the device. And it will give you uh, it'll give you the codes, and it'll say something like try the first code, and then the the ninth code, and then the fifth code, or something. It gives you kind of an order uh, of how to do that. And quite honestly, I've used that to unlock two different Nokia phones, so I know that it works. I've done it in the past. You just have to make sure that you just do some Google searching. Depending on the model number, it'll tell you if you need the DCT3 or the four, uh, which you know which generator you need, and it will just go ahead and uh, generate some codes and like I said I've done it it works you know I don't know the the specific program I used I've downloaded a couple different programs the, the few times that I've done it and they both they seem to work but there's a bunch of them out there 
that do the same thing. So that should kind of get you going in the in the right direction on that. And you know, they're like I said, the easiest way is just to wait until you've had an account for 90 days, and then you can just call up T-Mobile and they'll take care of it for you. So. Uh, comment here from Richard, and Richard says, uh, response to the, the previous podcast for feedback. I uh, love the show. I've learned a lot about phones based on your presentations. Uh, consider talking about useful applications on phones and any future options to consider for a phone. Um, you know, Richard, the, uh, we'll definitely work on getting some different phone application content as we can find it. Um, you know, future options, uh, you know, for topics on the shows. Those are great. Um, I appreciate the, the email. <clears throat> as far as what to look for, you know, in the future when you're going to buy a phone, really kind of depends on what your needs are. And, uh, you know, you don't want to necessarily overbuy, although I'd rather overbuy than underbuy. Because <clears throat> if you're looking for a phone that, for example, does email or Bluetooth or whatever it is, and you and you don't spend enough money and you don't get that, functionality on your phone, you're not going to be happy with it. Um, you know, getting a little bit more allows you to kind of expand going forward. But, um, you know, that's that's a question. If you have some specific questions or some some specific um, things that you're looking for, let me know and I'll be sure to, to let you know, uh, you know, or if you have questions about a phone or whatnot. Um, but it really kind of depends, you know, the service and the a phone. It's just such a, a personal thing. So I want to make sure that I'm making a recommendation that would be, you know, good for you. And I have a question here from Aaron. And I, I like this question from Aaron because Aaron is actually a, a close friend of mine. He's uh, someone that I know lives uh, back in my home state of Minnesota and um, wrote me this uh, this past week. And he said... Uh, my PDA phone got stolen. I left it on the front seat of my truck and forgot to lock the door. Came back to my truck, found the door, mockingly left ajar. I knew immediately my phone would be gone, and it was. And this was on the side street of my house. So I'm cell phoneless right now, not sure what to do. I've been kind of thinking of not having a cell phone at all, but already there have been situations where I wanted it, so I don't think that's an option. What a bummer. I hate it when I lose things. I think I... I think I would be torn up if I lost my phone. So, uh, or you think I'd be more torn up if I lost my phone. So, um, <laughs> you know, quite honestly, Aaron, that's really, uh, it's not, not a fun thing to go through. And, uh, I, I really feel for you. I don't even know what I would do if I lost my phone either. That's just, it would be, it would be heartbreaking. So, um, anyway, if you're looking for some recommendations on a replacement, um, <clears throat> kind of like to know what kind of features and whatnot you're looking for. I know your last phone was uh, you're with Quest and you had the the uh, VX6700 which is the the Apache model uh, of the HTC uh, Pocket PC phone and that honestly is really the only full Pocket PC phone device that Quest offers and so that would really be your only option if you're looking for something like that. If you're looking for something more basic you know look at uh, some of the Sanyo phones or uh, maybe the Motorola V710. You know, Sanyo makes a re really good devices and uh, one of the favorites for the people in the Sprint network. And uh, for those of you out there who don't know about Quest, Quest is the local telco provider for landline service up uh, in Minneapolis and among other places in the country too. And they do offer wireless service and that can be bundled with your either your, your DSL or your cable or both. And they are they used to own and operate their own network and they couldn't 
they couldn't make it work quite right, so they, they ended up selling it off. And down here, I know in Arizona, it got a lot of it went over to Verizon. But the service itself is now provided through Sprint. So if you're on, if you were on uh, the a Quest plan, you're actually using the Sprint network. So, uh, but anyway, Aaron, if you're looking to make a switch to another carrier, let me know. I'll give you some recommendations on others based on, uh, you know, your area up there in Minneapolis. But um, anyway, so I I'd emailed Aaron this information, and he wrote back. He says, "Yeah, I'm pretty disgusted about the whole thing." I'm somewhat uh, over it since I can't really change reality. I really don't want to continue with Quest, but I'm stuck in a two-year contract since I conned myself into buying the stupid thing at a discount. I think what I might do is simply reinstate service on my Kyocera Soho, which is the KX1 uh, that I was using before I got the PDA. And I'm not sure whether I'm still, I'll still be stuck in the pre-existing two-year commitment or not. I'm thinking I will. And if that's the case, I'll, I may as well just pay the $200 termination fee. Um, yes, Quest charges that high of an amount. And cancel the service and just go with a Virgin Mobile pay-as-you-go phone. <laughs> he says, I know Virgin Mobile is third world, but I really don't talk on the phone that much. And I like the idea of cheap cell phone service that is metered for how much I actually use it. Plus, it uses the Sprint network, I think. For all practical purposes, it should have the same quality. And yeah, like I said, it does use the Sprint network. And uh, I think that uh, the you know that that Soho the KX1 I, you know I don't really think much about it it's it was one of the cheaper phones but hey you know if it works for you by all means use it um, as far as Virgin Mobile uh, you, you really you have a good case for using them because again Virgin Mobile uses the Sprint PCS network like I said so that really is is not a you know it's going to be a no-brainer for you the phone's going to if your phone works right now it's going to be fine if you were to switch over to virgin mobile and uh you know i i really like them because they're one of those companies that helps people out because they don't have the contracts and the price plans for them are very decent so i i like them and i think that they really they do a good job um you know other than that i you you've got you've got all these different options for different phones that you can that you can go with on Quest, and you know like I like I mentioned before, Sanyo, Motorola, something just something good, something better, um, you know a higher quality is really gonna make you feel uh, it's gonna work better for you, and I think you're gonna be happier with it. And just a uh, one quick uh, another link here that I wanted to talk about. Um, and what this is, is this is from a, a website called evdoforums.com. And the specific thread here that I've got going is, uh, is called Sprint Verizon EVDO and Singular HSDPA Compared. Um, and this is, this is where it's going. Uh, and I'm just going to kind of fly through this real quick here. And you can go and read through it at your leisure because it's, it's quite a bit of information. And I, I really like it. It goes, um, it goes really well with, with what I like to talk about here. EVDO, of course, as we know, is a form of high-speed uh, wireless uh, service that's offered by Verizon and Sprint. It's not as fast as Wi-Fi, but it's faster than what we've seen in the past. And uh, what you can get from both Sprint and Verizon are uh, EVDO-capable phones or a card, a PC card that goes in your laptop. Average speeds approximately 400 to 700 kilobits a second compared to like a 56K of a dial-up modem. Uh, you do get bursts over 1,000 kilobits in ideal uh, conditions. Um, before EVDO, we had the 1X RTT, which was, was slower, which had speeds of about 50 to 100 kilobits. 
And uh, so if EVDO is not available in your area, you're going to be rolled back to that 1x RTT service. Uh, Singular has been rolling out a compatible technology that is HSDPA, and that performance is pretty comparable to EVDO, but only a few markets have it right now. I think 16 is what we mentioned on the last show. Altel also has EVDO as well as Sprint, and uh, so that's pretty good. Um, but the coverage areas of it, there are a number of of markets that have that have the uh, the high speed covered by the various networks. Sprint is the highest. They've got about 155 that have the EVDO coverage. Verizon's got 95, and Singular's got 16, and Altel is at 11. So if you look at each of those, Sprint, they're they're this is now claimed coverage. Uh, 158 million people. Uh, and uh, about 150 of their 220 markets have been rolled out, and they're hoping to get over 2 million uh, people covered by the end of 2006, and the entire network by the end of 07. Uh, Sprint is an all 1900 megahertz network, so they have more EVDO capacity, uh, and there's there's some maps here on this link that work really well too. Uh, so that you can kind of take a look at at the different coverage that they have. Um, so that's Sprint. Verizon, 153 million people are covered. Uh, they've got about 95 of their 180 markets are covered. And they have um, a mix of 800 and 1900 megahertz towers. So if you have it, if you're exclusive 1900s market, um, you are going to have, um, a, apparently, your performance is going to be a little bit lower uh, than the 1900 megahertz uh, covered areas. Singular, HSDPA, uh, just uh, like I said, under 20 markets, 16. They're supposed to have about 100 by the end of 06, but um, you know, I, I have a hard time seeing that. I think they're going to be more probably in the range of uh, 50, uh, 50 to 70. I don't think they're going to make 100 by the end of this year. So, But that's a constantly evolving and changing. Um, anyway, performance is uh, approximately... Uh, between all three of them, Sprint is on the average is about 622, uh, median about 557, and the peak <coughs> is about uh, 1553. Verizon average is about 534, and the median is about 467, so a little bit lower than Sprint. Peaks about uh, 1600 kilobits, and Singular is um, somewhere in the area of 600 uh, kilobits to one megabit, and um, there's I, there's going to be some um, some fluctuation in there, and the, the, like I said, these were all tests that were done by by someone here just on on a forum. But it's really interesting to see him going through and um, and all the stuff. You know, the rates are pretty much the same between all of them, anywhere between forty and sixty bucks, depending on if it's it's something for your 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 phone, your uh, pocket PC phone, laptop card. Really, kind of depends. Um, you know, between the three of them, the in my opinion, I think Sprint probably has, uh, you know, has the most market. So they're probably, probably going to be the the going to be the the best for someone who's traveling a lot that wants to get this. It really depends on where you go. It's it's so hard for someone to say, you know, I, this one's better than this one because, quite honestly, there's there's never going to be, you're never going to find a network that's going to be the best for everyone. Uh, the the one thing that the CDMA players have going for them is EVDO Revision A. And that's really going to boost up the speeds. I, I think it's to about 3.6 megabits a second, somewhere in that range. 
and HSDPA is still um, smaller in size and it's closer to the regular EVDO revision zero speed so anyway I just I thought this was a really a really neat link and uh, a nice form to read especially for someone who wants to know all about uh, the the different speeds and, and whatnot so yeah, here's uh yeah in fact going down here the page even more uh, Rev A is about 3.1 megabits per second speed so it's that's pretty good pretty pretty darn fast anyway I'll put this on the notes too but uh, coming up here on uh, just over 30 minutes and uh, I've been the only one talking here today, so I'm going to wrap this one up. And uh, I'm going to, like I said at the beginning of the show, we're going to be going to once a week here. And uh, hopefully that will get uh, the content a, you know, even more focused than what it is right now. And I'm excited uh, to be able to look forward to you know Sunday nights. is probably when we're going to be doing it. And uh, so we'll be ready to go Monday morning for you to download. Anyway, thanks again for downloading the show. If you have any questions or comments, thecellphonejunkie at gmail.com is the email address. And I'd uh, love to hear from you. Thanks again.